Okie doke. Joshua. Welcome to the Galifa Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. Uh, oh, you want me to turn up mine up again some more? Yep. Boom. Okay. We're all here. All right, we are all here. Welcome to the Galifa Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. Uh, you can find us online at Galifa Podcast and on the Twitter at Galifa Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano Jennifer. Joshua. We're trying a new thing tonight. It's not new. We tried it last week, but we didn't get any questions oh. this week. We're trying Q&A. is on Google+. Plus. If you're listening to us live, you can ask us a question. And when you ask a question, I will click on the select button to answer it. Of course, Catherine's asking questions that don't have to do with Glee. But we're going to click on it. I want to answer this question. I'm going to answer the question. I'm going to click on the question. And then Ed's going to answer it. And then in the future, you're going to ask questions that have to do with Glee. (laughs) Or or, I, I only say that. Because I don't watch X Factor UK. If you asked a question about something I knew about, I'd be like, "Yeah, we're totally going to take Glee time to talk about that." Yeah, exactly. Though, so, I mean, you're being biased, so we're, we're okay, so click on the question. I'll answer. All right, here's uh, the question is from listener Catherine, uh, the singer songwriting cat, who writes, "Ed, what do you think of X Factor UK right now? I can't believe they eliminated Hannah. I love her." Ed, see, I'm I'm sorry to tell you this, Catherine, but I believe. Uh, that Hannah is overrated and I thought she shouldn't have been selected for the final 12 to begin with. And her against Rough Copy was a no-brainer because Rough Copy is in it to win it and Hannah should not have even been in the final 12 because I thought there were better people in the girls' category and I like Abby Alton for the record. (laughs) Okay, that is all. And we have answered a question! Congratulations! I get to click done. Uh, so you can ask a question. I guess you do it through Google Plus. Uh, if you're listening, uh, if you go to the Google Plus website, you can listen to that. Yeah, so that's Google Plus is on the rise. I mean, like considering <laughs> considering was like MySpace level terrible. Now it's like getting to like post Skype era now. <laughs> well, uh, we are back this week to discuss uh, the episode of Glee, the Billy Joel episode of Glee, entitled "Moving Out." Uh, we oh, have... and we got to discover why it's so easy for them to go from Lima to New York because they have a direct connection to the New York subway yeah, in their school. That, like, who knew the subway goes to Ohio? I didn't know that, but apparently it does. I mean, I'll start going to New York more. I'll just drive to Ohio and <laughs> do it. 
but yes, yeah, so uh, the episode was entitled Moving Out, uh, and it was all exclusively Billy Joel songs. We had a little bit of Lima, we had a little bit of New York, but first, Jennifer. Yeah. What did you think of the episode? I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't think that there were any real standout performances. I thought there was some, you know, some nice stuff that they were addressing, uh, you know, with Becky and that was really it, you know, and the fact that they're actually, you know, the graduating students are actually looking at their futures and so forth. But other than that, I thought it was just okay. Okay. Uh, Ed, your opinion of moving out? I kind of with Jen with this, like nothing, nothing really stood out when, when at the beginning of the episode, when they're like Blaine and, and Cord said that they were leaving to New York, I was like, yes, maybe we'll get some time with some Tina, some kitty time. And I was like, oh, no, just kidding. We're not just kidding. We're not getting any of that. Not at all. So, um, I want to say this was for a filler episode, pretty good, but in the scheme of Glee, a strong C plus a weak B minus era area uh well shocker of shockers i'm going to agree with both of you i found this to be a very uh good not great episode i had nothing particularly against it but i didn't have anything particularly for it either right. the songs were fun uh, i will admit that i'm wildly biased because i'm such a huge uh billy joel fan and so um, I knew all of these songs and I know every version and I have every record. And so mm-hmm. this was a little bit hard to hear some of the changes that they made. Let's put it like that. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, you all in all, I thought it was a solid you karaoke. Song. You would be mad if they did karaoke, right? Well, it, it depends on the changes they made. Like, you know, some things oh, like... Oh, so you want them to take a risk, but take the right risk? Well, okay, no, 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 no. I just mean like... It's all if it's in service of the performance. So like the just you, the changes they made to just the way you are doing it as kind of a sing along, like a piano ballad. I thought were really sweet. Uh, the changes they made to uh, you may be right, which turned it into like a big almost Broadway number. I thought was kind of dumb. So it's things like that. It's like just like you may be right is a rock pop song, and it's an old kind of like. Beatles song that's what it was that's how it feels when you listen to it and then when they added choruses and all these like layers I think it wasn't in service of the song I think they just wanted to do that so you know that's where yeah, you're that's right, where you're right. I, I can't disagree with you I just thought I was afraid that you were verging on to like you were like going to like well I wanted to be karaoke but I would be mad if they did karaoke oh if I, you mean Simon Cowell's opinion of uh, performances on his TV shows no I don't, don't have that problem uh, it's just is it in service of the song is it a, a decision that feels in service of the moment and for that you know there there were times when that didn't work for me uh, and you know Billy Joel has a very specific vocal style it, it's very straight ahead and so when people kind of dance around it and try to flower it up for me it's kind of like that's not what these songs are about uh, but we'll get into all of that later. Uh, but yeah, well, I, think... I, I, I still contend Vienna should like now having seen the episode, Vienna could have easily been inserted into this episode. You know, quite e- frankly, that would be another. Easily. That's a totally. I have a similar opinion in that. I thought there were a lot of Billy Joel songs that were left out to include things like "My Life" is kind of an offsides Billy Joel's like "Honesty" is a really weird cut from the catalog. Um, I love an innocent man, but if you had like stopped a hundred people on the street and asked for a Billy Joel song, I don't think any of them would have given you an innocent man. So yeah, I think like they could have done better Billy Joel songs. 
uh, or not so much better, but like more in service of the plot, things like Vienna, I think, would have been a much better decision. Uh, Jennifer? Yeah, just it's it felt like they were so well and you may have mentioned this when we were watching it that his songs are so literal and they tell such a definitive story that it doesn't leave a lot of interpretation so the things that they had to do to set up each song I was kind of like okay it just it just (laughs) felt exhausting it didn't feel very natural but it was fine um and yeah he does have such a unique voice and to hear other people sing it it just a lot of the performances, I mean, Blaine was fantastic and Sam was fantastic. And I thought um, I thought that uh, Santana's voice sounded sa- fantastic in the performances. Yeah, and, the sing-along was really nice. Yeah, but other than that, I thought they were all, it just, it just didn't feel up to par. Considering they're actually sing, you know, recording them in a studio. It's not like they're trying <laughs> to perform them while singing and dancing, you know. So uh, in the Q&A, listener Catherine, who uh, has apparently figured out how to use it. So Yay, that's Catherine. Awesome. Uh, listener Catherine wrote, uh, do you think the odd song choices mean that we'll have a Billy Joel 2.0? Uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, I think like with the Britney episode, when they did a Britney 2.0, I felt like they used all the good Britney songs in the first one and there were not that many left over for this Britney 2. Um, mm. But I don't think we'll see a Billy Joel 2.0. If anything, I think we might see more Billy Joel peppered through the season, personally. Um, I don't know if they want to commit to that. Uh, especially, like, watching the Billy Joel episode, I keep coming back to what you said, Ed. Where's the Elton John episode? That seems so obvious to me. Yeah. And we have not gotten it. They're waiting. They're waiting for something. I don't know They're what. But it's it's going to be it's like the be, finale or something. But maybe he hasn't given permission. No, he'll give... Okay, Elton John makes... He's living off like these royalties. I'm sure he's given would give permission. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd already give permission for your song. So, That's actually I mean... not true. Elton John, um, not not that this is like I'm correcting you, but it's actually an interesting story. Uh, Elton John apparently is still living off of the money he made in the 70s and 80s, and he says he can die living off that money. So every dollar he's made since like the early 90s goes to AIDS research. Wow. Well then, so then, how could he? How could he deny? Oh, I'm sure Elton John's never denied anyone anything as far like as even using even, his when, music. even when Elton John was having, like he was pissed off at American Idol. Like there was a time when he was really he still let them do Elton John week. I mean, just, <laughs> he was like, I'm pissed off at them. They're doing terrible versions of these songs, but they're paying. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Their royalties are as good as anyone else's. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the episode. We do start off with moving out, and we did follow Sam and Blaine to New York. There was a lot of New York in this one, uh, and we'll go ahead and start with Blaine. Blaine is record or is auditioning for Niata, and uh, he wanted to get some uh, some info. Actually, we could even start before that with the job fair, where there's a job fair at McKinley, and Will says. Uh, well, where's the where's the jobs in the arts? And I look over at Jennifer and I say there aren't any. Exactly at the same time that Sue said it, it was a little creepy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. A little. Creepy. I was like, let's be honest. You can make a living in the arts, but it is not a career. <laughs> like you're always unemployed the minute the job ends. It's guys. It's hard to call that, but uh, but it is. Uh, I, it was an interesting, you know, that was kind of Sue, like, doing this a couple years ago when she was anti-arts, and then she relented, and now again she's anti-arts, and then she relented by the end of the episode. Sue going back and forth. 
But yeah, so we followed Blaine to New York, and uh, Blaine is uh, auditioning for Niata, uh, setting up. Now, Jennifer, my question to you is, Blaine, Niata, do you think it's going to happen? Do you think that's what we're up for? And do you want to see Blaine join everybody else at Niata? Like, how do you feel about this whole progression it seems we're going to? As far as I know, Niata has been on a seven-month break (laughs) <laughs> I don't believe there are classes there. I don't believe the students go to classes. I don't think it matters. <laughs> if this is the the you know the most prestigious performing arts school in New York and the most difficult to get into, they don't seem to care about it once they're there because <laughs> they they don't go to class. They don't practice. They don't do anything. So. Um, and Rachel apparently holds a day job because her director thought it would be a good idea to, to keep her no keep her in character. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't think it matters, because I think if he goes to a different school, they're still going to end up being together all the time, or they're not, mm-hmm. or if they go to the same school, they're either going to be together all the time, or they're not. I mean, so it's either going to be that they, they spend too much time together, or not enough, because now he's meeting different people, or something. I don't know. It just, yeah. I don't think it really matters, what school he goes to. But I did think it was interesting that, you know, Kurt was trying to talk him out of, well, I mean, see, I I don't know if Blaine was just nervous about getting into Niata or if he really does have other interests. Like, I don't know if it was to have a safety backup plan. Yeah, Yeah, there's actually, so so I can't tell. Blaine was kind of talking about going to a school like NYU or Columbia, his quote-unquote fallback schools. Yeah, seriously. Which I literally flipped off my television when he said that. But uh, Two hands, too. He said he might be considering those schools because, um, you know, maybe he wants to try other things, was his comment. The the thing about that plot line that was kind of interesting is, you're right, it could be read two different ways. Now, eventually, Kurt says to him... Uh, you know, would you, uh, or, you know, or Kurt says, I know you and I know that you're getting nervous and this is how you're funneling your nervousness and like hedging your bets or whatever. And so, no, you need to focus on the auto. We need to get Santana to do your makeup, which I really wanted to see what that was going to look like. Um, but uh, what was interesting about that to me is you're right. It could be read two different ways. It could either be read as Kurt being supportive and saying, I can see you're afraid. Right. I can see, you know, that, that you really do want to be a performer and that's what you should be doing. So I'm going to support you. Or it could be see as Kurt, seen as Kurt kind of shutting him down and being like, a little bit. I don't think you're good at anything else. <laughs> Yeah. And, and quite frankly, Miata is a performing arts school in that it's supposed to set you up for Broadway. Right. Whereas I don't think that's what Blaine wants out of his life. Like, I honestly always saw Blaine as a character that wants to do pop songs and, mm-hmm. you know, be Flynn in a Disney movie. You know, well, I always felt that that's was the thing, Because you're confusing Blaine in real life and Blaine's character. Because I, I, we don't know Blaine's character, but that's Blaine in that's real life. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. But, Blaine in real life agrees with you. I don't know what Blaine thinks. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Part of me kind of feels like, like, like Kurt needs him to just be, you know, performing arts mm-hmm. Blaine. Otherwise, he might not know what to do with him. I don't know. It was... It was so ambiguous and I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it, it was interesting. It would have been nice for the show to kind of tell us how to feel about that one. Like it wink in one little, direction or the other. Yeah, exactly. But it did feel I a didn't get, odd. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the end, it, 
it seems like Blaine is going to be fully focused on trying to get into to Niata. He'll get to New York and it won't matter. And then he'll work at the spotlight. You, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. He'll wear a uniform at the spotlight because nobody works. <laughs> Very true. Um, no, no one gets any work done there. Yeah. Uh, but they did perform Piano Man. So let's take a listen to that. Uh, here's a cover of Piano Man. I wonder if like growing up in Southern California, I grew personally growing up in Southern California, um, it took me a lot of time to love the Beach Boys because it's always on. Like mm. every time you go into a place, the Beach Boys are on. It's kind of like why as a grown up, I'm the only person in my generation that doesn't like Sublime because like Sublime was from Long Beach. They were around the corner every for years. All you heard was Sublime. I wonder if people in New York feel that way about Billy Joel. Like if you start the opening chords to Piano Man, they're like, no, please, God, we don't ever want to hear it. <laughs> Uh, here's a bit of Piano Man, performed by Blaine and a whole bunch of other people on the Gleeful Podcast. Making love to his tonic and gin. He says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes. But it's sad and it's sweet and I knew it complete when I wore a younger man's clothes. La, la, da, da, da. It's also funny that when they're doing Billy Joel songs, as we discussed, or Jude said earlier, they're very specific. One of the things that I found I really like about his music is that they're very specific stories, and there's very specific elements in them. There's street names, like you know what people are drinking. It's very vivid in a picture. Um, It's the opposite of Katy Perry music. But what's funny is when they're doing it on the show, because the facts are so specific, you end up in these weird moments where you're like, oh, we better put a guy at the bar who happens to be an old man at the bar. He's not drinking a gin and tonic because apparently he's at a coffee house. But uh, it's kind of an odd, like, when you're doing this music, you kind of have to balance that, I guess. Uh, Ed, I've never asked you, what uh, what are your feelings, emotions, connections to Billy Joel? Um, I'm a not the... I'm not, I'm not like, a vet uh, super fan. Or anything. <laughs> I mean, I know I know Billy Joel through American Idol. Let's uh, let's just be real right now. Like the like the the two times that they did B- Billy Joel week, American Idol season two and American Idol season eleven. So yeah, maybe there's another one in there, but those are the two I remember. Oh, I didn't know they've ever done a Billy Joel week. I think that would be strange on American Idol. Some reason that it happened. Like tw- it happened twice. Wow. Didn't so they do? Like Gloria Stefan week once. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally yeah. Season three. In season three, <laughs> it was a. Um, I think it was Latin music. I I, I remember the I Latin think, music, but I think oh. once they did just Gloria Stefan music. No, no, oh. they, no. They literally did in season three. They did Gloria Stefan week. <laughs> like yeah. literally. That seems which kind of which odd. is was rough. Which is a rough week for most people that season. Although I don't know. I guess it worked out pretty well for some people. Uh, but um, <laughs> Darren Chris doing Piano Man, Jennifer, what'd you think? 
pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, no. I was going to say, I mean, okay, yes. This this song, I've heard it countless times recorded. I've heard it countless times live. There's not a lot you can do to it. I yeah. mean, he, 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 I think, like I said, he was, he was one of the three um, performers that I felt really could um, do justice to the, to the, the songs because of his voice. But that's it. I just, like, I don't feel like it, it was very nice, very more than adequate. I just didn't feel like it was special. Like, I don't feel like there was anything special. But it's comfortable, and he's yeah. he's great. And he's got all the notes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it, a story song. All it, you can really do is tell the story. Exactly, and um, it, it's not a criticism of the song or the performer. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, True yeah. story. Your Ed, <laughs> same opinion on Piano Man. <laughs> I mean, Piano Man. It was it was fine. It was. I mean, it was kind of like the obligatory Billy Joel song. Absolutely. <laughs> It's like it's like if God forbid they do a Google Dolls week, God forbid, and they don't and they don't and they don't do Iris. I mean, you can't you can't you just can't not do Iris. Wait, it's so, the same thing. Okay, so if they do a Google Dolls week though, they do Iris and they do Name and then Better Slide. Days. I don't even know that song. What is Better Days? It was their Christmas song from like two thousand nine. You know it. It's really awesome. It's really oh, wow. awesome. Okay, we have a, we we have four songs. They can now do a Google Dolls week. If we get to s- season twenty four, please, <laughs> we will have well, to be going pretty deep into the well to be able to do the Google Dolls. Okay, week. okay. Now, now I'm realizing this now as we're talking. Is Tina's lack of storyline in this episode? signaling us that she is not like when William McKinley is cut so is Tina like Tina is going the way of Mercedes like is that what's about to happen I you know I think we can definitely get into that because um, the next plot line to really discuss is Cord also going to New York to be a male model and all the scenes of the group in the in the loft where you had uh, Kurt and Blaine and Santana, Rachel and Cord. I really think Sam that Sam, thank you. Cord. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, uh, I really think that they're essentially telling us what next season is going to be. I think next oh, yeah. season on, is going to be. Hold on. Is this like the new, the new friends? Like it's all oh, totally. said one more girl, one more girl. I, I, I honestly think that we were watching like a backdoor pilot for next year. And, and, like it or not, I mean, I have mixed feelings, obviously. But I don't know. What do you think, Jennifer? Like that, those five people, and yeah, yeah there'll probably be one more. Oh, they could maybe get Danny. They could. Well, yeah, they could. Oh, yeah. When X Factor USA is canceled, please, Lord. Um, <laughs> d- yes, Danny. Danny joins them, and then they're sick. And then Artie will jump in every once in a while because he lives out in Brooklyn, and that's even further. But doesn't doesn't way. Mike go to? He'll, he'll roll in. Does Mike go to Juilliard? Doesn't he? I thought. <laughs> Yeah, and isn't oh, Juilliard wow. in New York? <laughs> Juilliard is in New York, yeah. So, so <laughs> theoretically, they should see each other upon occasion, right? Not just when they're visiting Ohio. Theoretically. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, I mean, it did feel... It had a different tone to it. There was kind of... Um, kind of like a maturity to the performance. It didn't feel like, you know, kids you know, performing for attention or anything like that. It felt very comfortable. I mean, we've been to parties before when 
you know, somebody's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, break out my piano and, and sing, <laughs> and then people join in, and then... Some songs. Exactly. So it seemed like a very mature thing. And, um, yeah, so I can totally see that being uh, a setup for how they're going to how they're going to proceed but i just like i didn't like the whole thing about santana protesting about you know the piano and singing i'm like wait a second you just you just made yourself like the you know member of kurt's band and manager and now you're like no impromptu singing yeah oh yeah that was and i was like and then why does she sing into a hairbrush because <laughs> she's never sung in the halls or you know just in random places without a hairbrush yeah. yeah, her her comment was like, we we sing enough in, at work already. I'm like, and then at school, and then at your... Oh, she doesn't go to Yada. Band, she doesn't... Which, she's in the extension courses, I think. I don't know. That's, I don't know what she's doing. That's right. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know what's going on with any of these characters, except for like the 30 seconds a week that we get to see them all. It's yeah. really hard right now. I think I... I it shows hard. <laughs> I've said this before. I just have to let go the implausibility of so much of their situation in New York and just enjoy that. Okay, fine. You know, we're not, we don't actually see them all 24 hours. We don't actually see them sleep. We don't actually really see them eat. We don't actually see them, you know, doing we do every day to day stuff. Solitaire with himself though. Which he should be busier with school. And Has he nothing else to do. <laughs> exactly. He's banned and, and where's star child and you know, there's, yeah, there's so much more. There's a lot of questions right now. I don't know. I mean, uh, yes. So we did get we did get Sam coming to New York to be a male model, which I thought was kind of a funny uh, direction. Oh, for I that thought yeah, I thought that Tyra Banks was a legit cameo. I wasn't expecting it to be. I, I, went, I guess I went in with low expectations, and it was okay. It like it happened. It was good. It was funny to see her too, because that is so. That was not Tyra Banks playing a character. That was Tyra Banks playing Tyra Banks on America's Next Top Model. Yes. Like the intonations, like the vocal inflection, it was exactly how she is on America's Next Top Model, which obviously I've never seen because I'm a grown straight man. But no, you have seen it. You <laughs> seen actually watched it before I did. So, but <laughs> she does turn on that character quite a bit to oh, yeah. show, you know, the the harshness and the extremes of difficult people that you will encounter in this business. She's not always that way, but yes, she has done that character many, many times. So. That was very familiar, too. I'm comfortable. <laughs> that was kind of funny. But you're right, Ed. I thought that was a solid cameo. I mean, Ed, uh, Sam going to be a male model, uh, as opposed to going into performing or, I guess, stripping. Uh, how did that plot line work for you? I mean, I believe it. If that's if that's something. <laughs> I it, Like, Cord is definitely the Joey Chandler role, mm -hmm. right? right now so and yeah oh god it's, it really is friends it really is we just, we just actually, accept it. it's friends with music that's the name of the sequel that actually would be really funny though to see um to see him go to new york and get on a uh, a soap opera like kind of do the joey experience yeah. seeing sam on a soap opera set surrounded by those types of personalities i actually think is kind of a fun place to see that character yeah <laughs> and the thing is he's he's a one character that there would be no stretch if they were to actually 
if he were to actually become successful as a male model, that wouldn't be a stretch. Whereas, you know, I mean, and I guess Rachel being a star on Broadway, not a stretch. But, you know, some of the other ones, I don't know, like I'm feeling like oh, a little bit of a stretch, but OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I'd love to I would love for him to be uh, to continue to be in the show and to be next season in New York. And I think that would be great. I'd love to see that. That's true. I didn't notice until he was in New York until the until I realized when they're all there singing around the piano that I'm essentially watching a backdoor pilot for next season. That was the first time I really thought, you know what? I like Sam enough that mm-hmm. I want to see him around. I want Sam to continue after, as Ian Brennan in the opening said, what we're all thinking, the longest year ever. Gosh, <laughs> the longest so school funny. year ever. And everything seems to be happening. <laughs> I, if someone were to like, one of our like super fan listeners, if you were to watch season four and season five and try to figure out how many weeks this school year has been, because it Gosh. feels like it's been a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, like it's been way more than it would actually be. Well, if they do one, if they have one assignment a week, and each week is one episode, so 22 right. weeks. Yeah, so we're already, I mean, it would have been 22 weeks last year, so we're already into like 25 or 20. Oh my God, that's right. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting we're, it's not half years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but we're we're dancing around the big thing about Sam being in New York. Which is? He and Rachel's googly eyes. Oh my gosh! Oh I yeah, I, I know that's. That. Oh, that's like one couple that didn't happen in Ohio. Like that's one couple pairing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It feels was, really. Sam, f- oh, sorry. Sam was always the male lead for Mercedes Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Like Brittany Santana. Santana. Pick pick a female, but the one female it wasn't <laughs> was Rachel, and and I guess it's. I mean, I don't. I don't hate it, but. I just, I just would hate it if it's just another like he's just being used again. But I guess it's kind of ironic because th- wasn't Sam like Sam became a stripper because he was like fired, like not in real life, but I mean like like they let him go from Glee. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so funny because well, when Sam came in in season two, he was kind of touted as like the new and improved Finn. Like that was the whole joke for his first episode. Right. He was the better quarterback. He was the better Finn. Yeah. And now Rachel's like, hey, you are the better. I I don't it feels so forced to me. Yeah. I don't I don't see any compatibility in them other than abs. I was um, ho- I was hoping yeah. that when when she was oiling down his chest and like like it was just like she was just like overwhelmed with his attractiveness. Not not that she was not that she was attracted to him. It's just that like just when you're like around someone that attractive, how can you not smile? <laughs> That's yeah, like, like it gets distracting. I did love how everybody, I can imagine like everyone around them was kind of oh this is interesting. I know Santana was like, <laughs> you guys seeing this? I just us. and this is so this is so silly, but it just. It feels, it doesn't feel right right now because it's like, okay, you know, I know because they were a couple in real life, it just feels weird that she would now be playing interested in somebody else. And I know, you know, this is TV and I know that's just, you know, characters in a show. It just, I can't, it's been really hard separating the two, separating the reality and, you know, the uh, fictional characters. So. Well, there's also Penny still around somewhere. 
so there's, there's that. that. I mean, Sam actually kind of has a girlfriend even at the moment. Right. And obviously it was, it seemed like it was more on her part than his. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. That's so yeah, cheap. it just, yeah, it just seems weird. And, <laughs> but yeah, there's still Penny and I'm sure there'll be some, um, you know, sexual tension between Rachel and uh, the guy that plays in Funny Girl with her. So... Oh, John Grifford? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, I mean, like, it's got to be Penny, happening. Penny is in songs for next episode. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just going, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with what I'm saying that Rachel was just like. Caught up in the moment. Cord is just so muscular. Like, there's, just, <laughs> like, there's, nothing, there's nothing else to it. He's just so muscular. He's very pretty. <laughs> He is very pretty, uh, and and he's, he's almost a male model, except for yeah. he actually. Okay, is a male model. and Ed, you actually met him in person, so were you uh, were you starstruck by his beauty? I mean, I was star- I would have been starstruck by anybody, but uh, I was let's, okay. To put it to put it in perspective, I was able to to actually talk to uh, dreadlocks. I was not. I was not <gasps> able. Oh. I was not able. To, like I like I got like two seconds, two <laughs> words in with cord. It's like, can you can you say uh, for me, please? Awesome. That yeah. is so yeah. cute, Ed. <laughs> so I, I I can't believe we hadn't had that discussion earlier. But thank you, <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, let's um, let's take a listen to uh, my life, and we'll take the very long. Actually, no, we're gonna skip that one. We're gonna go to honesty. I will talk a little bit about Artie and uh, Becky in this episode. Artie and Becky, uh, back in Lima, Ohio. Here's honesty performed by Kevin McHale on the Gleeful Podcast. You can have the love you need to live, but if you look for truthfulness. You might just as well be blind It always seems to be so hard to give Honesty is such a lonely word Everyone is so untrue It's kind of funny that uh, in other episodes, when somebody does a song that really doesn't fit the moment, you can kind of say, well, maybe it's the only song they could get, or maybe they wanted another song and they lost the rights at the last minute and they had to grab something. Um, but in this time, like, Billy Joel owns all of his songs outright. He's always written everything on them. He doesn't have, have co-writers on anything. And he's said in interviews that he signed his entire catalog over to the show to give them access to anything they wanted. And so here he is. They're doing a song, Honesty, which to me felt totally wrong for this moment. So Artie had uh, wanted to get Becky to go to college, and she said, I don't want to go to college. I'm just going to stay here. This is, you know, what I want to do. Uh, but, of course, she said it in her Becky way, uh, which means it was laden with insults and profanity. <laughs> and then he performed this song as a way to say, I don't think you're being honest with me. I think that you are lying to, to me in your opinions. It just felt weird this moment. Yeah. Like, I, I could have seen if... 
If Marley saying this to Jake? Yes, I could see that. If but that, but that would require us to care about Marley. I know, right? <laughs> I was totally back to not caring again. Ugh. You said it during the episode. You just looked over and said, "I'm back to not caring." <laughs> well, I, I, I tweeted. She's, they fooled me for removed. one episode. Sorry, she's you tweeted. She's removed from the pantheon. I can't. You know, like Bree has taken her spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> The pantheon is full. Yeah. She seems like a lovely person. <laughs> and I would trust her to watch my cat. We got you her know, mother was back. I mean, if nothing else. That was cute. Again, that was that was cute seeing them together. Yeah. You know what Marley would have been great for? Or, uh, Uh-oh. Uh, don't, oh. You're uh, breaking up, Ed. I can't think of what it is. Okay. Uh, uh, um, uh, she, Okay. Uh, the, there was a CW pilot called uh, The Selection, and she would have been perfect on that show. Uh, Too bad it got canceled, but she would have been perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I could see her in one of those um, shows about models, like when uh, Mariska Barton, no, what's her name? Mishka Barton? What's her name? Oh, The, the Beautiful Life? Or is that what you're talking yeah, about? Misha, they, Misha yeah. Barton. I love Misha. Oh, Misha. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Everyone knew at the time that leaving the OC was the worst thing you could have ever did for your career, <laughs> and it was. And it was. She she quit because she thought she'd get more movie deals, but because she lost the buzz of the OC, no one wanted her for movies. It happens. Isn't it's it? what happened to Shelley Long. It's what happened to David Caruso. It's the oldest story in television. <laughs> like, like like no, you you do what Quinn Quinn was forced out of Glee. She did not leave Glee. Yeah. She would probably be there right now. <laughs> she yeah. Was, like bounce. Bouncing her schedule. But she'll have to, you know, drown her sorrows in doing movies with Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert De Niro. Poor girl. Bummer. We should all send her. We should do a Kickstarter for her. <laughs> oh, we should, what are we going to do? Like, kickstart my no, no. Oh, my God. Have you guys seen the Kickstarter for oh. uh, Melissa Benoist and... Um, Blaine? Uh, you know, writer. Writer. But what's uh, his real name? Blake. Blake. Uh, they, they have a Kickstarter for a movie that Blake wrote. And they're trying to raise like $100,000 to make this movie that he wrote and she's going to be in. It's about like a troubled young man who's like into thieving and because <laughs> he, stuff. he grew up in an abusive household and the based on his life. Only, only way he could survive or felt like he fit in was with, you know, the hooligans in the neighborhood. But then he meets a girl named Jennifer. A pure and good-hearted girl. Wants to rise up to the challenge wants to rise up to be good for them having dreams yes but i just wish that they were original and interesting yeah that's the only thing is it's just so they make a cute couple they're adorable and and they actually do a really nice job putting together their kickstarter video which is kind of like people don't talk about you know how you really do want to put some effort into your kickstarter video Um, oh yeah it's actually it really is you should check it out because the the animation the the storyboard animation that they have to kind of um narrate to, to tell the story along with their narration is actually really interesting i mean and if you read the credits of the video abraham put it together from the glee project uh but anyway yeah you can check it up on kickstarter i don't know if they've raised the money yet but it does seem kind of cute that they uh put that together i just don't know what they need a hundred thousand dollars for because we've seen much better films for a fraction of that yeah i do i'm watching the video being like this is not uh yeah just yeah 
$100,000 is a lot of money. Uh, but yes, yeah, so um, Becky was saying that she did not want to go away to school, that she wanted to stay there, and Sue was kind of getting her back. Uh, listener Catherine in the Q&A asks, do you think the jokes for Becky this week were maybe too inappropriate? Um, to me, they just seemed on par with everything else that Becky has been saying recently. Uh, you know, it's I, I, we've talked about this on the show before, but in every Ryan Murphy show, there's a character with Down syndrome that is very mean. Mm-hmm. That seems to be his thing. I don't know what that not, means. Coven, but... Coven. Oh, I've not. We've not yeah. seen Coven. She's, but, so she's awesome. She's all, she's not mean. She's oh, there is. A, there, but there is a character with Down syndrome in Coven. She's the same actress from. Oh yeah. The first oh, season. Yeah. But she's awesome. She isn't mean. She's, she's like, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Was, 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 was there one in New Normal? I didn't watch the New Normal. I'm just. Oh, I mean. assume. But yeah, I don't know, actually. I never watched it. Jennifer, you watched the New Normal. I loved that show. It didn't come back, did it? I guess no, it didn't. No, it got canceled. Which is really sad. It's a fantastic cast, and they were just all really sweet and cute and great together. So there you go. But yeah, to go back to Catherine's question, I like you could tell that her profanity and her aggressive stance was a coping mechanism, defense mechanism. So that's that's better. I was getting off it. Maybe it was a little bit over the top, but not so much that I was like bothered. I mean, as a student last week, she told a teacher to get the hell out of her office. So <laughs> I really, I think, yeah, I think like, I'm kind of. A, Josh Ned, it's pretty much on par for how she's been and you know, how she's been written. And yeah, of course, it's it's a you know defense mechanism. And but and she's and she's the only person that we've known to use a firearm on this show. <laughs> that's true. I think that's in a way that's kind of how Becky gets away with it. I think at first Becky kind of got away with this behavior because because she has Down syndrome. I think it was just shock value at mm-hmm. first, but because it's been so consistent. Because this is the way she's always been. Right. She's never put tongue in cheek and been like, I'm just like this to get attention or whatever. Right. Um, and she has had actual connections with actual characters at times, but she's still behaved in this manner as she was doing it. I actually, you know, it's it's never really bothered me that she is such an abrasive character. And I don't feel like they're playing her Down syndrome for laughs. As you know, they might. I mean, it, it, it's easy to go there, and I must commend Glee that they never go there. They never. Yeah. They, a joke has never been made at her expense. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything I think Glee has done right, in my yeah. opinion, they've done Becky. They've done pretty well by that character. Well, and it's like it, we feel sympathy for her now because we understand what she's gone through and why she is this way mm-hmm. we didn't feel sympathy for her the moment she showed up on set because she had down syndrome so yeah so exactly. it's like we it was feel sympathy for her as a person right we exactly because because you know we we've all been in situations when we've been afraid or um you know bullied or harassed or stuff like that so so now we yeah we feel sympathy for her for the right reasons mm. at least i do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, you know, Becky went on a uh, she went on a college tour to check out some colleges, and she went ahead and uh, met one of the kids from the Secret Life of the American Teenager, which is what I'd like to do when I go to college. 
and we'll get you there someday josh (laughs) and then uh uh she she ended up coming back and having a pretty touching moment with sue i actually liked the scene with sue at the end where she said i really do want to do this and sue was kind of like i don't think you're ready in her heart she's saying i don't think you're ready but visibly she's saying i'm going to help you and make that happen i thought of all the things in the episode that worked in a weird way that kind of worked Honestly, it, it was an interesting. It wasn't the plot line I cared the most about, but it right. Worked. I actually, I really, I liked it when, when she called Artie back in and he said, "No, I'm, I'm doing this. I believe in this. I believe in her." And and then, as he's leaving, when she said, "You know, ask the tough questions," my heart melted there for a second. I was like, "Okay, That's you right. know," it was just wasn't um wasn't heavy-handed it wasn't even that heavily masked you know but it was just it was really really well done yeah ed uh becky sue and Artie, any opinions becky sue yeah, this was the best the best ex- executed and best storyline of the episode yeah. which is what i if i feel like the this episode suffered from marley syndrome and <laughs> like Dude, you almost got a genuine spit take out of Jennifer. I'm, I'm not even so joking. Glad. That was amazing. I guess this microphone's too expensive to actually spit into it, but <laughs> yeah, Marley was... syndrome. We're gonna play that back. And, and you can, can you read us the warning signs of the Marley syndrome? <laughs> um, uh, like a bunch of stuff happens to characters that you don't care about. Mm. Amazing. That's awesome. Like, and, it, and it takes up a lot of screen time. Wow. <laughs> In little characters that you would care about. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Well, uh, Thank you, Ed. Speaking of Marley Syndrome, let's go ahead <laughs> and take a listen to An Innocent Man. Uh, it's performed by Blake on the show. Uh, and we'll go with this one because we've heard Jake sing recently. And it's been a long time since Blake got a solo. So here's a bit of An Innocent Man on the Glee Podcast. Of it opening up. They hear a voice in the hall outside And hope that it just passes by Some people live with the fear of a touch And the anger of having been a fool They will not listen to anyone So nobody tells them a lie I know you're only protecting yourself you but i'm not above making up for the love you've been denying you could ever feel i'm not above doing anything to restore your faith if i can some people see through the eyes of the old before they ever get a look at the young I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an innocent man. When you started to do this one, I was like, oh, this would be a really good acapella song. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you could do some cool stuff with this as, a, as an acapella cover. Uh, this is an innocent man off of the album An Innocent Man, which came out when I was very young and I listened to endlessly. And it also had... Uh, uh, the doo-wop song on there that I used to. No, I can't remember the name. Anyway, Billy Joel. For the longest time. For the longest time, thank you. You're welcome. Seminal to my youth. Uh, 
So yes, this is an innocent man, and the plot in this episode was now Ryder putting the moves on Marley, while Jake is putting the moves on everyone else. And they try to make it work. Uh, I, you know, there's a couple things about this plotline that I liked, and a couple things that I really didn't like. Continuing, it's hard to give a crap about Marley. I found myself caring more about Ryder in this plotline. I don't know why, because I don't find him that much more interesting. But at least I haven't seen him as much, I guess. So it was a little more interesting. I, I mean, I, th- I felt really bad for Ryder, because Ryder is trying so hard for this girl that ain't worth it. Worth it. <laughs> so that Ooh. was wow. That was kind of interest. That was kind of the interesting part of this plot, though, is that he's tr- he like finally gets her, and she's kind of like, yeah, I'm not really into well, it. Like, I'm still not into you. <laughs> Even yeah. though you. <laughs> well, there's nothing. There's no bigger turnoff than desperation. That's true. And well, excessive availability. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's it's true. It's so sad, but like so true. Yeah, I mean, that he didn't so date true. anybody. The only relationship he had was with Unique. Unique. <laughs> glad they were over that. Glad, <laughs> glad they made up. Um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> I asked, I asked this girl in college. I was like, you know, back when I was young and dumb, and I was like, what, why do girls? You know, like, or why do they tell you you have to wait three days to call a girl after you get her phone number? Like, don't you want to call her the next day to let her know how interested you are? She's like, no, I need to think you have shit to do. (laughs) She's like, you call me the next day, I'm going to be like, where have you been? You should have shit to do. (laughs) Those are words of truth. (laughs) That is. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, yeah, like, like you could call in a day. You know, if you're just like, hey, just want to say I had a really great time and, you know, take well, that's care. A, now with but, texting, it's yeah. like totally non-committal to be like, eh. yeah. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they've carved out their day and paced, you know, 30 minutes before working up the courage <laughs> to dial your number and actually say words. I don't know. It's just it, it is. It's it's a horrible it's a horrible game. It's a horrible you know, thing to go through, but but it's I, I think true. you're right. I, it's you know, Blake comes. Blake Ryder, I know, which is I a don't horrible name. name. Uh, Ryder came off as totally desperate, even as he's doing this song. The looks around the choir room. Did you guys catch like the weird looks around the choir room oh, as he's doing this song? And they're kind of like, really? No? Okay. Yeah. I mean, she <laughs> broke up with him five minutes ago. It, it, that was kind of odd. Uh, the other thing that really struck me as strange about this particular plot line is Jake's doing all the dancing, right? Jake's, I mean, Jacob Artis mm-hmm. is a wonderful dancer. He's got a really nice voice. Um, what I'm finding, I think the big mistake while I was watching him dance is I'm going, oh, that's the problem. It's that he can't play this sexy, edgy character. I just, I think that's the problem with Jake is that the actor Jacob just doesn't have any edge to him. No real edge, like Mark Sailing. His dancing did. is too smooth. His singing is too smooth, and yet they're trying to make him off as like an edgy womanizer, and it doesn't work. It's not interesting to watch, and he doesn't have that mm-hmm. as a part of him. If he was playing someone who was like more emo, if he was playing writer, I wonder if it wouldn't be a more it, it, it would be a little easier. It would be a little more believable. 
Like, we wouldn't have such a problem with him as a character. As he was doing the beautiful ballet hip-hop dance moves, I realized, oh, that's why I don't buy you. And the thing is, he's trying to be, you know, Puck 1.0, and he's not. Just because he's half-brothers with him. So, yeah, so by there, you know, he's only half as bad. (laughs) It just, yeah, he doesn't doesn't have that real... If he had a mohawk, I'd buy it. (sighs) (laughs) and it's like i don't and then like when he got indignant because she was upset because he you know didn't get what he wanted so he went elsewhere i I mean like i don't understand and then him doing my life like that it's just it's like he wasn't he wasn't wronged yeah, and, and the show she, even called him out on that. Yes, she did. Like, yeah. yeah, she's like, he's doing my life like it's my fault. Right, like and he's the victim. A, that was a weird song choice. The my life yeah. song choice is very odd. And even if he did, okay, say, you know, like, I was justified in sleeping with somebody else because my girlfriend of, you know, six months wouldn't put out, or sorry. Six literally, hours. <laughs> I was, realistically, three months. Oh, yes. At best, at best, if we if we say the first half of the school year, at best, boyfriend of three, girlfriend of three months, wouldn't put out. Even if he really believed that, that was still an odd choice of songs because it didn't. He didn't really own it. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was nothing. It, it was odd. It yeah. wasn't even the right song for that particular no. sentiment. And then you, when we were watching it, I had said, you know, if Will or if uh, or you had said if Sam did my life, it would have did actually so much better. <laughs> yeah, like it would have seemed more appropriate to what seriously trying to accomplish. If Becky had even sung it, it would have been <laughs> it would have made more sense. That'd have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ed, any opinions about uh, the Marley Jake Ryder triangle in this episode? Uh, it's just. Why are these guys like falling over <laughs> themselves for for Marley syndrome? Like, oh goodness me! Oh my god! They're just like falling all over themselves, and like, and I, I don't like. I agree with what you're saying about Jake that he isn't exactly puck, but I feel that Jake brings a certain something. Like, there's something about Jake that makes him. It's all those things that you're saying that makes him not puck. He's not puck because he. He is these things. He's, I agree. I just I feel like the show really wants him to be. Pumped. No, the they show want him wants to, to be. Fill that yeah, spot, and that's. But the I, yeah, and then Ryder, he's like, he's like the thin surrogate, but like, but, but, but unfortunately, he adopted some of Rachel's worst tendencies in the beginning. So then here we are. Here we are with desperate Ryder, just trying to. I don't know. I. I it's hard. I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like. I would be so much more interested in a writer Jake romance. <laughs> so much more. I think everyone would. I, I think that's the problem. Is there's really nothing outstanding about them. Yeah. And so we need something like that. That is so absurd that it feels like old school. Take no prisoners glee, as opposed to whatever that was. Uh, but anyway. Well, I mean, I, I'm sad. I'm sad. To, that 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 they're phasing out the two point but they are, <laughs> and they're and I guess and I guess that's what that's what needs to happen. I guess 
Yeah. And yeah. It feels it feels like everyone's over them. Yeah, they uh, couldn't make it happen, yeah. and that's fine. It's smart it's, to. Oh, I think tried. I think they yeah. made wrong casting. Like, I hate to say that they made wrong casting decisions, but they made wrong casting decisions. Oh, totally. They, that's what we they, said from the beginning. That's always been. They, they they could have literally had done better if they took the top four from season two of Lee projects. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. Well, I honestly feel it feels like. Ryan, Ryan's spirit, you know, when Ryan set out with Brad and Ian to cast the original group, he, you know, had a certain idea in mind. And then Ryan went off to do American Horror Story and the producers cast the 2.0s. They don't feel like they were like Glee. They feel like, you know, the same guys that did DLC. It just doesn't work. They're just, you're, I, I think they're in, uninteresting. And the, I, I do feel like the show is given its best effort to make us give a crap about them. They put those kids through the ringer to try to make us care, and it has just not worked. Just, they're just not right for Glee. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that they couldn't see that from the start. Yeah. Like, they, they went so far away from their original intent, or, you know, their original formula, that it's it's puzzling. It really, it's, just, it's just puzzling. So, yes, we have discuss that you know yeah. the whole thing ad nauseum <laughs> in season four we all know well, how we I, feel I, which is I think, cool i think in their minds their minds like everyone loves santana she's attractive she can sing well <laughs> let's find a bunch more attractive people who can sing yeah. like 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 santana was at at many points mine and many other people's favorite characters especially Especially in the drought that was known as season three. So, <laughs> oh, the drought of season three. <laughs> right? So, like, <laughs> you don't know, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. we had to savor every last drop of goodness out of that Santana. <laughs> yeah, right? So, so, Santana, like, but the thing that made Santana, it isn't, we didn't like her because she was attractive and she could sing. That didn't hurt. We liked her because she had attitude and was attractive and sang. Yeah. Like, and like she had in, struggles. In that order. Yeah. And she had struggles. Like, yeah. remember how many weeks we'd be like, is Santana, act- are they actually going to make Santana a gay character? And they did. They totally delivered on it. Yeah. There was, there was, there was so much more. And, you know, we got to see the evolution of her. Whereas these other characters that just showed up and were supposed to you know, like them from the get-go. And yeah, they just, you know... Anyhow, yeah. I, re- I really I, don't I, have the same discussion I'm, again. I'm especially yeah, sad for that. Unique and Kitty, because I feel like they, if anyone, had the most potential, yeah. and they were just they were just brought down by Marley Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, we, uh, we should have can, a, can, you, can, you, can you put that as cause of termination when they're on the... Like, <laughs> I feel like we had to have a telethon now, like raise oh, money... Gosh. For the victims of Marley syndrome. <laughs> oh God, Hurricane Marley. Oh God, that's a terrible joke. No, you um, know what? Yeah, and I, I'm not, I, I'm not making fun of or um, diminishing the importance of fundraisers for actual disasters. It just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, we understand. Okay. Anybody see at this point, anyone that like gives us crap for things we say on the show usually hasn't heard. Right, the show. right, right. It's because like, if anybody wants. There, there are three. There are very few, or there are three fewer people. No, uh, there, there are. It's rare to find this many people that want so much to not offend you. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you can say about no, Josh like, and Ed? Uh, we really don't want to offend you. <laughs> me more than him. 
little more than Ed. <laughs> Me more than all of you. Uh, well, let's listen to some voicemails. I think this is the other thing that kind of bugged me about this episode is we've kind of reached the end of discussing the plots of this episode, but there isn't, isn't really any capper to this conversation. Like, there's not a, yeah. really a there wasn't really anything big happened for us to be like, and the conversation's done. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I well maybe it will come out in the voicemails, but yeah, I want to. I'm curious to see where people kind of fell on, you know. Kurt's um, career coaching to um, to Blaine was it self serving? Was it just blind? You know, like oh, of course this is what you want to do. Don't be silly, honey. Or was he just you know generally recognizing an honest fear? Well, listen to Marie on the YouTube page says I think Kurt was being way too pushy, and I think he gave in to, or I think Darren gave in to Kurt's dreams. Blaine gave in. Okay. So. You do have a backer on that one. Uh, here's a bit. Uh, let's see. We got a couple voicemails. We're running a little long, so we won't be able to get to all of them, but here are a couple off the top. Hi, Josh and Ed. It's listener cat here. My forward review this week would be, thank you, Billy Joel. I feel like the great music this week really refocused the show, and I'd give it a solid B+. Um, while I can't really bring myself to care about Jake Marley and Ryder, or whether Sam becomes a male model. I thought Sue was the voice of reason, as she's slowly becoming, and yeah, the music was just really great. I'm not really sure how I feel about Sam and Rachel. It hasn't been a relationship that I've shipped, but I just think it's too soon for her to be in a relationship. Anyway, I am excited to hear what you have to say. Bye, guys! Thank you very much. Uh, let's see, we got another one here. Hey there, it's listener Emily, and this is my three word review. Much, much better. This week's episode I felt was leaps and bounds better than the previous two. But I think there's still a big problem. I feel like we're just marking time in Ohio until graduation. And that needs to change. I know we're stuck there for a few more, well, now months, with February it's still a ways off. So they've got to give us something to care about in Ohio until it's over. We all know the show is going to New York, but we're not there yet. So I'd say right now that's the big problem for me, is they're not giving me a reason to have any sort of interest in what's going on on half of the show. And... That's not really a very effective model. So better, less gimmicky than before, but still lacking plot. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and have a great week. Bye. Emily actually makes an interesting point there. When you think about it, the most interesting Lima plot line this week was just laying the groundwork for leaving Lima. Uh, there's something <laughs> to be said for that. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. here we Well, I mean, it's it's important to say what wasn't said that we're that that we're forsaking Tina to nothingness. <laughs> it appears like that needs to be said, and I'm saying yeah. it again. Human's history. Uh, here's another one. We'll be missed. Hi, Gleeful. It's Marie. Um, so the new episode was pretty mediocre, in my opinion. Although I guess it's a step up from them doing blurred lines musically. I don't know. But um, I'm actually just going to say I don't really want 
Dean and Sam in New York, even though they're going to inevitably, inevitably feel like the dynamic of New York just didn't work because of the, I don't know, I'm trying to get how to explain it. Just basically, I think more Sam than Blaine throughout the dynamic because they were still making Sam incredibly goofy when New York has become more serious and the goofiness is different in New York than it is in Ohio. I don't know. It just felt like the things I don't like about Ohio had been moved to New York, and I didn't like it. And I also want to rant about Clay for a second, and I feel like they could have had some interesting drama with Blaine not wanting to go to Niata, because that whole storyline felt like when Kurt made Blaine go to McKinley, and then Blaine just went along with it. I think it would have been far more interesting if Blaine had said, hey, I don't want to follow you around like a puppy. Let me make my own decisions. Like, I just feel like with Clay, they sacrifice interesting stories to make uh, the fangirls happy, and that's why I don't care about them anymore. Um, and then the rest of it, I really just didn't care about. Um, I hope you guys liked it more. Uh, bye. Yeah, okay, so... Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the, the idea is that... Uh, I mean, I can. I think Blaine will still end up in New York. I, I just think he has it to end up there. But it doesn't mean that he's going to go along with uh, Kurt. And uh, who knows what will happen? Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I didn't really think about that. But you know, the the fact that this did happen before. You yeah. know that this is how he got to McKinley. Yeah, that part. Uh, didn't... That's a very good point that yeah. I did not remember. Yeah, this is all freaking self service for like the whole. Uh, the whole Glee is like. Yay, Kurt. <laughs> like, yay, Kurt. I mean, not entirely, but too often. Too often. Well, uh, let's see. I think we've got time for one more. Here is... Hey, guys. This is Rachel. I'm a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm about ready to give up on Glee. Somehow I still watch it. This Billy Joel episode was very disappointing, especially with the song selection. I don't know why they didn't have River of Dreams or We Didn't Start the Fire, a lot of the songs were just not very upbeat and didn't really seem to go anywhere. And I really don't care that much about the whole Jake Marley Ryder love triangle. It just it just seems so trivial to me. I don't really know where they're going, and at least they're showing New York consistently every episode. Um, but love what you guys are doing on the show. Really appreciate the good work. And uh, and. Josh, ever since you said that thing about Katy Perry where all her song lyrics are just cliches, now every time I hear a song lyric by Katy Perry, I think, that's a cliche, that's a cliche, that's a cliche. So pretty much you can't listen. Think about that without listening to Katy Perry anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, great show, guys, and uh, keep up with the good work. Thanks. I'll just insert an evil laugh here. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Rachel, welcome to my world. <laughs> this is Jennifer's like you've ruined so many. You've ruined so many things for me. Uh, well, before we go, let's answer one more question from the Q and A. Somebody had commented that we um, the chat doesn't appear to be working for the live listeners over on YouTube. YouTube changes their interface like weekly, and I can't find the chat either. So I don't think I'm crazy in saying that the chat may be gone. Um, so I apologize for that, guys. Uh, but uh, uh, oh. one last question from the Q and A. Listener Cat said. Sue seems like the voice of reason this season. Do you think that the writers uh, expect us to side with Sue or Will? And that's a really interesting point 
because Will has been kind of wishy-washy and strange, whereas Sue has kind of, you know, she keeps being the one to be like, Blurred Lines is not what you think it's about. Right. And so on. So despite her crazy, she's actually been a little more normal. Um, That's an interesting point because Will is always kind of traditionally been the one we're supposed to care about. If nothing else, he does leave the Glee Club. Jennifer? Yeah, but the show hasn't done anything to make us think that Will was the voice of reason for years. I mean, (laughs) it's not... It just, it doesn't seem like they they even try or care. I mean, even since, you know, the Spanish teacher, like even since before the Spanish teacher, we were questioning his appropriateness, his leadership, and, and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, he had a student as his best man. Yeah, that's still super weird. It just, <laughs> there's levels upon levels upon levels of, um, yeah, weirdness, but... um. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were discussing this at the beginning of the season when Sue became the principal and she was saying how, you know, yeah, I want to torment the Glee Club because they only do well when I'm pushing them. And, you know, that's been her strategy with the Cheerios. It's been her strategy with a lot of groups. And, yeah, it comes off as is harsh and mean and sometimes bullying and unnecessary at times. But, you know, I, I truly believe she always has had the genuine best interest for the kids, despite her methods. (laughs) Uh, Ed, any opinion about Sue versus Will? I mean, I I have an opinion, but it's just that Sue obviously wins. I mean, (laughs) that's all there is. Like, what Sue said, there there are no jobs in the arts. It's just me. I mean... It's possible, but... No careers. She yeah, it's saying, just no careers. She's like, there's yeah. no there's no defined career group. Like, I mean, yeah. I suppose there's a limited you number of people that are able to, you know, and she, she's, I guess, well, kind of she's hobble right, a career you should, out of it. You should diversify your interests. Like, yeah. it's important. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, you need to. Yeah, I mean, you can make a living delivering pizzas, or you can make a living, <laughs> you know, singing in bars. I mean, you can make a living, but... As far as having, you know, a structured organization that can, can uh, you know, mentor and, and gear children to, or gear people to um, this curriculum or that, that, that vocation is, I guess, a little different. It is kind of funny to imagine what that person would have been when Will's like, uh, you know, there should be someone here to represent careers in the arts. And I was like, who would that person be? It should have been the waitress. The waitress? I don't know. The waitress from Breadsticks or any waitress. <laughs> That's so mean. I know. Um, there are, of course, listeners that are listening to us right now and, and saying like, oh, there are totally careers in the arts. And I'm not saying that there isn't work to be done. My comment is just the way, the way I had phrased it is, you know, personally, uh, careers is a hard word. You can make a living doing it, though. And, and there are plenty of people out there that do make a living. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know. Interesting. It's an interesting topic of conversation because I mean, there, obviously, none of us are making our living in the arts, so we have a slightly different point. Opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess it would be different if I was making my living in the arts. Yeah, maybe I, if I was like a full time singer, maybe I'd be like, no, you could totally have a career uh, as yeah. as the arts. You know, I, I maybe it comes down to how you define career. I don't know. It's interesting, uh, but yeah, career day. You'd have somebody being like, you can. Go to breadsticks. <laughs> Make Come your living on, they should have had breadsticks there. <laughs> that would have no. They absolutely should have. That would have been hilarious. 
<laughs> well, um, so yes, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jimmy Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And on Facebook, just search for Gleeful Podcast to talk with the listeners. Um, and Ed, did you want to thank any iTunes or viewers? Yes, I do. We got we got one from last week, um, Moldy Voldy, who who wants me to ask about the girl next door comment that uh, that that was that was discussed a few weeks ago. That, we don't have time for that conversation. Uh, you said that last time. <laughs> well, you can't bring it up in an hour and ten minutes into the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're Moldy Voldy. We will get to it uh, one okay. day. One day we will. This will be. We'll have like an official girl, the evolution of the girl next door, like episode during <laughs> off season. Like I, I hope. Okay. And then, but can, can we say, can we send them second talking about how awesome Catching Fire was because it was awesome. That is all. I mean, I could say more, but in case I don't want to spoil. So I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> you should, you should all, you should go watch it. Like, like. The, the, you could definitely tell the budget was picked up a notch. Like everything, like the, the special effects were better. The writing was better. There was just, it was just better. It was just better. And you're just, you're just like sitting there. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I have no opinion whatsoever. I haven't, and, I didn't read the second one. So <laughs> I can't even tell you what the book, I felt about the book. But you should, you should, you should, you should check it out. The movie, the movie is at least worth the two hours of your, of your life. And, and what? Oh, and Coven is still awesome. Which I don't know why you haven't started it. I know it's we suck. Still, it's We've been still busy. Awesome. We've been too busy. But we'll get to it. I've been at six thirty this morning, and I haven't started this. <laughs> so busy, so busy. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it for us, right? Are I, we good? I did yeah. have one funny thought, though. Nope. It would have been funny if um, during the career day scene, you saw Brad going up and down the hall picking up pamphlets. <laughs> Yeah, we were joking and watching the episode, like, if they do move it to New York full-time next season, they have to find an excuse to get Brad to be there. He'll be a piano player in a bar, and they'll walk in and be like, I thought he got away from you kids! <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, this is why I moved to New York! It's to get away from you! <laughs> you know, you know uh, that, that the pianist, Brad, he's also the pianist on, because uh, I, I just finished re-watching Gilmore Girls for like the thousandth time. Really? And, and he's, he's also, whenever they need a pianist, it's always Brad. That's awesome. Interesting. That's he's on, also the pianist in our neighbor. That's, um, <laughs> Gilmore Girls is, is on my short list to, uh, to tackle next. To tackle and Bunhead, soon. he was also the pianist on Bunhead. Really? So I'm not surprised. I've heard that you always said that was quite good. Yeah. Uh, well, for the Gleeful Podcast, yeah, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. <laughs> I'm Ed. Have a nice night. Good night, everyone. Good night. What will it take to you believe in me? The way that I believe in you. I said I love you. That's forever. And this I promise from the heart. Just the way you are